Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. To fantasy sports today, Craig Bish, Joe Ranieri, as we take you through the month of May, beginning on this first Monday, May the 4th, 2020. As a lot of people know that today is Star Wars Day, may the 4th be with you, so to speak, and coming up a little bit later in the show, since we have some time on our hands, we figured we would run through May the 4th, and uh, Joe will, uh, of course, hit on a lot of the sports, we'll take care of that here, and, and you know, as we always do on some of the other segments, but... Uh, this weekend could have been a good weekend to catch Star Wars movies. Certainly, everyone had some time on their hands, that's for sure. Yeah, no, they really did. It's, uh, I'm always like this. I would, uh, every year, too, they'd, uh, they'd kind of have like a Star Wars night at the Florida Panthers at the BBT that uh, we would always go to, and it gives us an opportunity to, uh, to get our inner uh, nerd on. So it's, uh, it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good week, and I still don't get the, 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 the prequels, but, hey, listen, everybody's got to cross the bear. For sure, for sure. And so uh, before we get into that, let's kind of start off with some sports from the weekend. And I think that the story that you and I talked about on Friday and um, boy, I mean, it it really worked out the way that we kind of talked about it, which was that, uh, you know, you never want to say that a sports book has the line completely wrong. uh, But we talked about Andy Dalton and the possibility of some of the teams that he would go to. And you and I talked about New England and why, and we looked at Jacksonville and some of the other teams, and it was just bizarre that they really didn't have a lot of options there to get down on. And I guess that's why they're FanDuel, and that's why they're the book, and that's why they make the money, because anything that you would have bet on the board, you would have lost. That's correct. Andy Dalton signs with the Dallas Cowboys, a one-year deal, $7 million. People are anticipating that this is because he's going to be the starter and because Dak Prescott is going to sit out. We all know that's not the case. This is just a matter of, having a little bit of insurance, a little bit of protection, and why not get a really good backup quarterback? In fact, I would say out of the 32 teams in the NFL, in terms of backups, you probably would put Dalton in the top five, at the least. Let's take a look at this, if we could, again there, Craig. How about this, okay? Um, As it was, the Redskins were 30-1. to I don't even, where the hell are the Cowboys? Oh, that's right, they're not there. And I know a lot of people, actually, um, when we talked after that show, uh, there was a lot of people going, dude, it's the Jaguars. There were some guys I know laying down on the Jaguars. A lot of guys were convinced the Steelers. Uh, nobody was, uh, was taking into consideration the fact that, A, he lives in Dallas. Don't forget, he went to TCU. Um, so he's very familiar with the area. And it makes, when you think about it, it makes total sense for Dallas. Can he... Could he, if something were happening to Dak, run that offense? Absolutely, 100%. Is he a guy that's got to be have his hand held? No. And this, I don't think, has anything to do with the contract of, this isn't a threat to Dak. This is insurance at a very cheap price. I think $3 million, $7 million altogether with incentives. Uh, brilliant move, Jerry. Congratulations, man. Nobody saw it coming, and that's impressive when that happens. Right. Yeah, I think that there's going to be a lot of situations where teams are going to look back on this and look at the opportunity potentially that they had to sign Andy Dalton and looked at it. And the Cowboys were the team that really just stepped up and got the job done. And look, I I just looked at New England's situation, Joe, 
And it's not being a genius or it's being right or being wrong. It really has nothing to do with that. It's more along the lines of you have a young quarterback in the NFL in Stidham. And now I don't know if he can succeed at all. I have no clue. I could go throw a dart and I could be right or I could be wrong. Nobody knows. But if they're going to have any long-term success with that kind of quarterback, the worst possible thing that you can do is bring a guy in and say, hey, look, we got this guy if you can't do it. Now, competition is one thing. Mitch Trubisky needs competition. There are some other quarterbacks, like Jameis Winston previously, that needed competition. But when a guy you're handing over the keys to, you can have an insurance option, but the insurance option that the one that New England has is a lot different than having a guy like Andy Dalton who's done it before. Everybody knows that Brian Hoyer is only starting in the NFL if a disaster happens. And that's no indictment on Hoyer. Once upon a time, he was a pretty good quarterback, but that was once upon a time, like six or seven years ago. Essentially, now, Hoyer's only in the position that if Stidham gets hurt, he gets to play. And that's the way that it should be done. Now, Jacksonville, as we talked about, a little bit of a different situation. Minshew came out of nowhere, earned the right potentially to start, but even if I'm Gardner Minshew, I wouldn't look at it if, if they brought in Dalton and, and be upset. I would look at it as, okay, I got to make sure that, you know, I'm on point after being benched, by the way, at one point last year. So um, we know where New England's headed. We know where Jacksonville is headed. I think that's how we came out of it. Yeah, and I think people got to start getting used to the idea that, listen, will Stidham have a long, successful NFL career? You're right. Flip a coin. I have no idea. But what I do know beyond any shadow of a doubt, is that Bill Belichick and that team is is committed to seeing what he is. He is going to be their quarterback. They love a lot of things about him, guys. I mean, a lot. And even the guys, the players, and players that were there last year and players around the team are all saying, listen, they love what he brings to the table. He's athletic enough. Uh, he's got a great deep ball. He's got some touch. He's got a... He, they love what he brings to the table, and I. It's kind of hard for people to wrap that their head around that. Like, oh, what are they going to do? Hand it to Stid. That's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to give this guy, and of their course, system doesn't provide for a lot of improvisation. They don't. Cam Newton would not have been a good fit. Um, they've got their guy, and they got their backup. So I think uh, New England fans need to kind of get used to what the future is, and it's with number four, Jared Stidham. Yeah, and I think that from a fantasy perspective, and it's still way too early probably to to even analyze it because we don't even know. I mean, the schedule will be out this week. We'll get a little bit of an idea. But you know, these sort of things for fantasy, I don't dive into in football until late July or even August. I just right. don't see a point until anybody's on the field. I know a lot of other people do. I don't. I think that uh, you know, you're analyzing in fantasy football the same 20 or 30 guys. I don't need four months to do that. I can wait you know, right before the season starts to do that. Sure. But in terms of Stidham, I think that the interesting proposition, Joe, will be how many quarterbacks uh, that he has taken over in fantasy where somebody takes a chance because you and I both know that if you're playing in a 12-team league or even a very deep 15-team league, Stidham is not going to be a starter in any fantasy league to start the season in any of those leagues. But I wonder how many teams will take him just as a backup you know, to kind of see what happens, you know? Like, you know that someone's taking Stidham over uh, Gardner Minshew. Like, you know, that's 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 a guarantee. That's a lock. You know that someone's taking Stidham over Ryan Fitzpatrick. You pro There's probably a chance that uh, teams are going to take Stidham in fantasy over Ryan Tannehill. I can keep going. And it's not that Stidham is going to be better than any of those quarterbacks, but because he plays in that Bill Belichick system, it makes you wonder whether or not he can do some of the same things that Brady 
used to do or even come close. And that's going to be a really fascinating dive when we get into the draft season. Yeah, listen, to me, it's it's all about faith and, and trust with Bill Belichick and the Patriots. And we've seen a, a lot of what I'm hearing about Jared Stidham. I'm hearing huge comparisons to Jimmy Garoppolo, the same kind of thing where they were grooming him to take over for Tom. And obviously that got a wrench thrown into it as Tom Brady kind of circumvented that whole process a little bit. But um, Belichick believes in him and likes him. And if that's the case, the best thing about Belichick and what has made him the greatest ever is he finds a way to put people in a position to be successful where others have right. failed. And this guy's got no bad habits. I mean, this guy's been there now for a year. You get Bill Belichick to say, all right, you're our guy. Um, you got Gus Malzahn came out over the weekend now as college coach at Auburn. Wasn't a great system for him. Uh, but even he said he's got all the intangibles to be a successful starting quarterback. And New England's not going to ask him to do and throw 50 times a game. It's not going to happen. So uh, I'm with you. From a fantasy standpoint, he he should be on some people's radars. He should be on some rosters. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, about your backup quarterback, and if he ends up doing well, maybe you got a starter there. Big time. I mean, you, yep. never, you never know. Yep. Uh, also, over the weekend, fifth-year options in the NFL declined on Leonard Fournette, John Ross. I don't think anybody's hugely surprised with any of the moves that happened, Joe, over the weekend. I guess the only question at this point is, as we've talked about, does Leonard Fournette play a single down with the Jaguars this season? My guess would be no. My guess would be they'll find some team – will either trade for him now or in the preseason. Unfortunately, you never root for this. Someone will get hurt. Yep. Lamar Miller was that guy last year, right? I think this year, you know, it's something like that's going to happen. And then Fournette ends up on another team. Yeah, I don't uh, – I think that we're going to have a situation as well where um, I, I think there's one or two left 50-year options that are going to be there. Uh, but I think Ross was a no-brainer. I think Trubisky over the weekend, no-brainer that they weren't picking that up. I'm impressed that at least they are admitting that we might have screwed the pooch on this one. Maybe this was a mistake, but admitting is half the battle. But I'm not surprised with any of these uh, so far uh, that have come to light and said, hey, listen, it's been great. But, yeah, we're uh, – and, and it's not to say that they're definitely going to move on, but – Right now, they're not. They're looking at it and say, "Now you got to prove it to us because we're we're not 100% sold." And Fournette is part of a team that has no interest in winning. So, see you later. No, yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, and, and by the way, the worst case scenario for Jacksonville would be considering holding him yes. and attempting to trade him at the deadline because that doesn't always work out either so yep. my guess is that at some point fournette is moved and probably moved before the season no doubt about that um not much happening in terms of baseball uh, tampa bay times reported over the weekend that mlb's plan is shifting from the uh you know the the rumor mm -hmm. of the three different cities where 10 teams go to actually just having the teams play in their home park right uh, as i've talked about before i think next week a week from today or so we're going to get an indication as to, as to what baseball is going to do i don't know about this week but i think very soon so we'll stay tuned to that joe and that certainly could make the previous fantasy drafts that you had relevant because at least you get your players playing in their home parks the report is somewhere between 80 and 100 games which means instead of going to late November, it looks like the World Series would be early November. That would also keep home field advantage for the teams that get to the World Series, too. So it does appear some sense of normalcy 
will be involved with the season this year, which is a lot more than we heard about a week or two ago. Yeah, it's it's amazing how far it's come over the last couple of weeks. And and there were, you know, there were some guys that were convinced just two weeks ago, like this ain't gonna happen. Like it's not. But then over the last two weeks, we understand that the umpires have come to an agreement. We talked about yeah. that on Friday. So all of a sudden, we're starting to get a little bit closer, a little bit closer. And uh, the good news for us, though, is that time is kind of running out. For them to be able to get an 8,100-game season, uh, we got to get on the page with something here uh, relatively quickly, I think. Yeah, the other story that came out over the weekend, too, was the notion that Albert Pujols could continue oh. to uh, play for the Los Angeles Angels beyond his uh, contract when it runs out. Uh, I mean, look, Pujols... In our era of watching mm -hmm. baseball, and I think in our era of the last 20 years of baseball, right, is probably a top two or three or maybe the very best player that we've seen play. Um, he's also getting paid by the Angels, I believe, for another seven or eight years in a personal services contract, 50 or 100 grand a year. Maybe it's even more than that, maybe a million. I, I forget mm -hmm. what the numbers are, but he's getting paid even beyond when he decides uh, that he's done. So I suppose at this point, Joe, the only thing that I can think of with Pujols, who has certainly has accomplished every single thing that he possibly could in the game, is trying to chase down like 700 home runs, which is something that I'm unaware of at this point, because I don't think he has anything left to prove. I, he doesn't, but I, listen, I wouldn't have a problem with at what cost is going to be the question. I mean, that, you know, what are he going to, yeah, I mean, pretty much, uh, and will it be with the air? Will they, I, He's going to be a DH, right? I mean, that we pretty much figured that out. Whatever it's going to be, it's probably going to be the DH role. That's yeah. the good thing is that yeah. is that I think that by the time that happens, the entire league will be all DH. Good point. And there'll be even more options, and somebody would have no problem, uh, you know, putting Albert Pujols in the lineup. I think if he's still productive. But we've also known that 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 cliff it falls off rather quickly sometimes with uh, these guys as they start to get up there a little bit. Oh, uh, he already. You know, I mean, I wouldn't say he fell off the cliff, but he's close enough to where you know that the end is coming short right, for him. Right. Um, okay, so before we get into uh, the, the actual race this weekend, mm -hmm. which I want to ask you about, because I do remember what you talked about before the weekend began. Oh. Okay. Uh, did, you, did, you, did you see the Triple Crown Virtual Challenge uh, yes. that was held in D.C.? Yes. yes. Uh, yes. With Terry ended up winning amongst yep. the 13 best horses of all time. Actually, one of the cooler simulations that I've seen. I thought that that was really interesting. I, I wasn't expecting it either, though, but I, um, that, too, could very well. that That's being talked about a lot now, so I could possibly see, depending on how long this goes, I could see that sticking around for a little bit longer, that type of simulation, which was kind of awesome, to tell you the truth. Really cool. Yeah, I, I'm, uh, I was really impressed with it, yep. and I wonder myself if you know, we, we saw some virtual NASCAR. I don't know that that went all that well. Uh, you know, you had one of the board drivers had an issue. There were some rumors, you know, about one of the guys not playing and it being able to be bet on and all kinds of yep. nonsense there. But uh, horse racing, of course, the horses can't talk, so or at least Mr. Ed is not involved in this one. That's so correct. Beyond that, I think they're uh, pretty much okay. So how did the uh, the big race over the weekend go? For you? Yeah, you had two of them, and um, like we had mentioned here on the show, Bob Baffert, both favorites there, both uh, Charlton yeah. and Nadal mm -hmm. were uh, winners. Yep. yep. Not, yeah, I know. Uh, they were both winners, and uh, big day for Bob Baffert as usual, but... Uh, this just means that I think come the Kentucky Derby September 5th, 
uh, we're going to have one hell of a race. Uh, if it's not even just between those two, I think the field this year is going to be one of the best we've seen in a long time. All right. But how about you, though? Like, were you able to cash in on any of this? Because... I, mean, I, I hit a couple. Yeah, I hit a couple of exactties. Nothing crazy because it, they were pretty much even money plays anyway. Uh, so yeah, they were real chalky. So uh, we made a couple of bucks, but nothing crazy because the prices were pretty much even, even money, which not great in horse racing. No, no, that's, uh, no. that's definitely not part. Nope. Yeah, no, I understand that as well. And any other fun stuff happen for you over the weekend before we? Uh, I listen. I'm looking. Look, I'm looking forward. We got uh, UFC coming up, and uh, I'm looking forward to getting a little uh, a little NASCAR down here. And it seems like we're going to have three or four races a week moving forward. So I think we're close, man. We're close to being inundated again. Yeah, no, we are for sure. So, uh, all right, so that's how we start off today on Fantasy Sports Today. But uh, coming up next, we'll take care of our This Day in Fantasy Sports and our Fantasy Sports birthdays. As we mentioned, today is May the 4th. And so in honor of that, we will run through the gamut of Star Wars for this show. I'll have my top Star Wars movies ranked mm. from, I believe it's 11 or 12, all the way down to 1. We'll include some of the new, some of the old as well. And our old friend Joe Pizzapia, who is a very big Star Wars fan, is also going to uh, share his thoughts on that as well. Yep. A little fan pool. Uh, we'll dive into some win totals here on the show. So make sure you stay tuned for that as well. And most importantly, for those of you who are watching the show live on any of the various apps that we're airing on, Pluto TV, Zumo TV, of course, on Stir, don't forget you can also see the show on demand on our YouTube channel. Just go over to YouTube and click on the Sports Grid logo and like and subscribe to the show as well. All right, uh, we'll take a quick time out on Fantasy Sports Today. Coming up next, more fantasy discussion. It is this day in fantasy sports and our fantasy sports birthdays. We cannot celebrate Cinco de Mayo, which is tomorrow, but we can celebrate May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. And we will be right back with that right after SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Ranieri with you here on our FST show. We're going to get to our fantasy uh, sports birthdays, also this day in fantasy sports. Before we do that, all of the streaming, Joe, came to an end yesterday, by the way. The baseball players, MLB The Show League, where they all played against each other for about two weeks, a few games a day. I know I was watching a lot of those games and watching with my son, just kind of enjoying and for those of you who missed it, and again, I understand at this point, it's a little bit of overkill. We really love video games, and we really love watching them. We just don't like watching them for two months. It's a little bit much. I get it for everyone who's out there. It was really fun the first week. Yes. But, you know, how much of that can we have without real-life sports? I think that, you know, we need to kind of move away from that stuff already. But either way, Blake Snell from the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, Joe, ends up being the winner. He defeated Lucas Giolito. In their regular season, Joey Gallo was far and away the best, but he was upset in the playoffs. 
And so uh, the Rays, who I think have a legitimate shot of winning the World Series this year, do win the uh, championship with uh, with Blake Snell. And uh, so I don't know if you're watching any of the streaming stuff on Twitch or anywhere else. It's, it's the games themselves are not you know, that compelling. You know, out of every five games, maybe two are sort of compelling. But what's fun is to see, especially for kids, to see the players actually like talking back and forth to them and chatting and when they're asking questions. And I, I think they did a nice job of it, and I can't really commend them at all. It's really fun to watch, but I'm over it. <laughs> I'm with you, man. <laughs> It's so cool, the first thing. It's yep. fun. Yep, yep. I'm with you. It's uh, it, it had added its place and its purpose, and I thought it was great, like you said, for the younger generation baseball fan there to be able to see their favorite players. Uh, but, yeah, come on, guys. We got to uh, please let's – and it doesn't surprise me it was a pitcher. Uh, that Because uh, I got to – you know, during the season, who's the who, – in your experience, who's really playing Xbox and PlayStation the most during the season, do you think? Is it pitchers or position players? Good question. Uh, I would think pitchers because they have so much time off. I'm going to add, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't mess with a pitcher when it came to a PlayStation or Xbox game. They got nothing but free time on their hands, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and look, I, I really enjoy it, and – you know, now it's gotten to the point where when I see these things, it hits me that we don't have sports as opposed to it was kind of fresh. I mean, you think about it when MLB started doing all this stuff and they started essentially on opening day. Yep. Um, yeah, we're like 40 days from that, you know, it's like, and, and the other thing that's so fascinating to me, and believe me, I know that it's, it is a money-making proposition for a lot of people out there. But and supposedly for the future in terms of entrepreneurs and things to invest in as I guess gamers and watching gamers play on TV. And Joe, it will just simply be something that I don't get and I don't understand. To nope. sit and watch someone play Fortnite for two hours and people get paid to do this. It's like where was I when I was on my Commodore sixty four in the nineteen eighties? Where where was my streaming option for me playing those games that I, I can't I'm with you, man. I, I don't. We had. It feels like we had so much opportunity there for so long. Uh, to we kind of uh, brought in that generation all the way from Pong uh, to think about how far we've come from Atari and Sega, and now the next thing is going to be virtual reality, where we're actually playing in games that we're not in. It's just. It's kind of crazy. It really is when you think about it. All right, uh, so with that being said, let's uh, go through this day in fantasy sports history. We'll start off in 1965. Billy Mays hit his 512th home run. He ended up with 660 career, but 512 past Del Ott, probably a name nobody knows. But that was a National League record. And if I'm not mistaken, um, you know, the only person who ended up passing that would have been um, Hank Aaron, uh, who also played the American League and National League, and of course, uh, Barry Bonds. Yes. At the time, this was an end record back in 1965. Uh, okay, so now to our Kentucky Derby rollout here. 2002, Joe, we had War Emblem winning the 108th Kentucky Derby. Do you remember War Emblem? That's what I do. It's a very popular name there from back in 2002. It was actually a very popular horse uh, as well. Very good horse. And also, I believe, still uh, still out there uh, studding away, if I'm not mistaken. 
we have, we have to go back and find all the old Kentucky Derby winners and see which one of them are still alive. Exactly. Yep, exactly. Do you think 18 years that that horse is still doing it? I'm, I'm going to double check. I think I read, because I, I think I did read an article about those horses uh, from back in the day and who's still... Uh, Who's still doing the right thing? So it's uh, it's interesting to see. But yeah, I'll find that for us here. I'll find, I'll get us that list. Who's right, still getting right. it? All? Who's still getting pimped out? I love it. May fourth, two thousand and fifteen. Steph Curry named the NBA MVP, and this is an interesting one, Joe, because the Warriors at the time were running off these wins and these championships, and people were comparing them a lot to the guy that we're watching on TV a lot right now. And Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls, but Curry, of course, only played a handful of games. They lost Kevin Durant. And it's really interesting that the Warriors are kind of playing themselves into a position where they're sort of suddenly taking a year off. And then uh, the following year, they'll probably have a very high pick in the NBA draft. Yeah, I, um, it's amazing to me. I can't wait. I, I can't wait to get any something back, but I can't wait for next year's future win totals to see exactly how they are going to position the Golden State Warriors, who are going to have that first pick this year. And, you know, Obi Toppin uh, from uh, Dayton comes to mind. And uh, Clay, you know, that, that team is still going to be a force to be reckoned with. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, underrated they might be next year. And that's crazy to think. Yeah, I mean, look, it's at this point, the Warriors have still a lot to prove mm -hmm. and can still do a lot of winning. And just because they're not going to win this year doesn't mean that era of them winning is over. And I think that could be back as soon as next year or the year after. Yep. And then finally, we go back to last year's Kentucky Derby. And a lot of people thought that this was the most compelling Kentucky Derby ever, even with the Triple Crowns being won. Maximum security wins the Triple Crown. I remember watching it in a couple of minutes. They said, hold on. We got to go ahead and check the video, and lo and behold, they disqualified maximum security in the race, and uh, and and I can't, I've never seen that before. It had never happened in the Kentucky Derby before, but to me, Joe, this is like epic because the amount of money that changes hands from one winner to the next in a race like this really created for some compelling stuff. I uh, I was at the Florida Derby at Gulfstream uh, to watch Maximum Security win that race and then uh, kind of keep the momentum going into the Kentucky Derby. And I'll never forget, I was at uh, the Hard Rock uh, in Hollywood there, right uh, right down your neck of the woods. I was at a blackjack table, and honestly, I, just, I had to walk away because I did have Maximum Security in a lot. I did not have the $76 country house which i believe uh finished yeah i did right. not have i don't think anybody not even the no. horse's owner bet country house but yeah so that was yeah i was not right for a little while after that did you, did you think that maximum security should have been disqualified there's like 60 40 people say yes it yeah. seems like but there's a large contingent of people that didn't bet it at all that said no that's correct there's a um we've seen a lot of races where worse has been done and not called it's just uh, the plat where it was, like the Kentucky Derby. Now you're going to do that. So it was, yeah, $76, though. If you had the country house, you you were, you were will never forget that Kentucky Derby. Mm. No, for sure. Wow. I mean, that's, that's uh, you know, $1,000 uh, bet for life-changing money if you wow. had the stones to be able to do that. <laughs> probably the owner didn't even. That's what I mean. Yes. How, did, how did Country House do in the Preakness of Belmont? I don't even remember. Didn't I race. Remember. I believe that was the end of it. So, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's the way to go.
put them out to stud, wouldn't you think? What a shot. And then 18 years later, yep. exactly. we'll still be at it, for sure. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yep. Damn horses. Okay. Uh, so let's uh, talk about this day in fantasy sports birthdays. And this is May the 4th in past history. Not a fantastic list, unfortunately, for us here on May the 4th, but we can dive in. Uh, Cleveland Gary, former NFL running back and really good with the Los Angeles Rams for a short period of time, Joe, and then kind of you know, faded out of the league. But, uh, yeah, I mean, what am I going to mm-hmm. tell you? It's uh, most popular, uh, second most popular NFL player to have a birthday today. It's Cleveland Gary. Wow. Slow day. Yeah, that was going to say, not a lot happening here on May 4th. Uh, no. May the sure. 4th be with you. Wow. Sorry. Maybe I should have went to some actors. <laughs> By the way, I, I, have, I have an apology to issue with our sports birthdays from Sunday. Okay. For some reason, I missed a big one on Sunday. I don't know how it happened, but it, okay. it, it slipped by me. All right. I missed the rock birthday with Sunday. Oh, yeah. Not quite sure how but that happened. I wish the belated birthday? Yes. The rock. Belated birthday's in. Yeah, you can make up for it. Absolutely. Legally, according to the, the rules and regulations of this show? I believe if as long as you catch it within 24 hours, I think you're good to go. Okay, yeah. thanks. Appreciate there it. you go. See, we boom. It's Joe time. makes the rules. I just right. enforce them. That's how we get stuff done around here on the fly. Ben Grieve, born 1976, came up with the Oakland A's. Uh, Tom Grieve, his dad has been on my show before. A very, very nice guy. Comes on and talks Texas Rangers baseball with us. Ben Grieve. Had a great baseball career, played a long time in the yep. big leagues, but a lot of people thought that it was going to be an amazing career after his first year in the big leagues with the Oakland A's. It looked like he was going to go on to be a 30-home run guy and uh, you know, didn't quite live up to that, but certainly anybody who plays uh, Major League Baseball 7, 8, 10 years ends up having a good career for sure. Uh, the picture you see there is of James Harrison, born in 1978. I believe Harrison has probably played his last game in the NFL, Joe. I would, I would probably think that. But the question is for you: Is that is James Harrison a first ballot Hall of Famer? I, I think so. Uh, I think the. Uh, I'll double check his stats, but I gotta, I gotta believe he is, he is certainly up there. And I wouldn't put it past him at this point to come back and uh, sign on with a team and uh, and come in there and be a uh, a producer there. It's just an athletic and physical freak, is what he is, and. Uh, certainly in uh, Pittsburgh, they're going to remember him for a very long, long time. Yeah, Pittsburgh, he had that interception run all the way back, uh, I believe it was for a touchdown against yep. Arizona in the Super Bowl. Yep. Uh, was an all-pro, I think, five times. Yep. And then for whatever reason, I don't know, just kind of fell out of favor with Pittsburgh. Yep. Ended up going to Cincinnati, I think, for a year. And it was a complete debacle. He goes back to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he's out again. And I, did he play with the Patriots? I think he finished up with the he Patriots. Did. Didn't That's he? a good point. Yep, he did. Yeah, Patriots ended up bringing him in. I don't know. You beat him play every down, but yeah, no, they used him in, in certain packages. But uh, uh, great when he was there. One of the most feared defensive players that we've seen in a long time. Yeah, and even off the field too. No one wants to mess with that guy. No, I would run the other. Way. Yeah, just hope he gives me a head start. For sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Rory McIlroy, born in 1989, still one of the PGA Tour's very best. I don't think that there's anything to argue with that. And then uh, Victor Oladipo of the Indiana Pacers was also born uh, in 1992. So, you know, sometimes, Joe, we, we get these rock star type birthdays, and then sometimes we, you know, get a list like this. I don't make when people have their birthday. There's just nothing I can do about it. I mean, thank goodness today is the big Star Wars day, and so... Yes. 
that's that's what we could cover. But in terms of, of, of people in sports, I don't think that that's the one thing that even with running through all of this, my awareness of who which which athlete has their birthday when, I think that is in one year and out the other. I don't think I'm going to remember any of those. But the day in sports, I think, are some of the ones that we've run through that I may end up remembering. Those will definitely remember. The birthdays, uh, not a lot of uh, Cleveland Gary uh, remembrance here, I'm, no. I'm thinking, yeah, no. Yeah, or listen, we'll probably remember the ones we missed, like, you know, The Rock, for instance, yesterday. So Yeah, that was right. bad. Yeah, he actually reached out to me. He was watching the show and said, yes. yeah. you know, really bad job by you. Yeah. Watch the show every single day. Yeah. On stir. Yeah. yeah. He was going to come on, and now he just, uh, he completely no, gets backed it. out. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's he terrible. Completely backed out of the show. Not a way to do. Nope, very bad. Yeah, backed out of the show, for sure. Um, okay, uh, Interesting over the weekend here, Joe, in the state of Florida. Uh, seems like a lot of things are now starting to come back open. Mm-hmm. City commissioners and county commissioners are essentially saying in our state that sports should be allowed to continue. And in Broward County particularly, they're saying that restaurants may uh, end up opening, especially in the Fort Lauderdale area. Have you have you been inside any restaurant in the past month and a half? No, I, I believe I picked up a, uh, a pizza yesterday where um, there was you had to wait outside if somebody was picking up their food to, to go in. But I have not uh, been inside for any reason outside of picking up uh, food for I don't know when that's going to happen again, to tell you the truth. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, they're saying soon, but I yeah, know. Yeah. I know restaurants uh, in certain parts of Florida, like you had mentioned, that have gone ahead and opened up. I, I know they've done a lot of reorganizing, so tables are further apart and that kind of thing. McDonald's. Either. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, <laughs> we're going to have to see, but it is very eerie uh, mm-hmm. not knowing, driving around town and seeing people standing outside different places. And I'm wondering, oh, they must be crowded. And then I remember, oh, no, that's right. There's a pandemic. Uh, so yeah, what a shock. I don't go out that much, so it it, uh, it hits me there for sure. Yeah. All right, uh, let's do this. We'll take a quick time out right here on Fantasy Sports Today. And when we come back next, it is time for our May the 4th Be With You Star Wars segment. The best movies in the history of Star Wars. I'll give you my opinions on that. Hopefully Joe has seen a couple of these, so it'll give us a good segment. And we'll be back with Fantasy Sports today right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports today. Craig Mitch along with Joe Ranieri. And Joe, you know what today is? I'm thinking it has something to do with um, the 4th of May, maybe? No? That is right. Okay. So got far, that so part? I got that part. And it might have something to do with a very famous uh, movie? Movies? No, it's Cleveland Gary's birthday. Oh, damn it. I forgot that. Well, I'm glad we caught him and uh, and forgot the rocks, but got Cleveland Gary all squared away. Right. It's good. It was good. 
Good. All right. So it is May the Fourth, and we're going to go through the gamut of Star Wars here. Before we do that, Joe, familiarity level with the Star Wars movies on a scale of one to ten, what would you say you are? Uh, the early ones vary. The uh, the prequels I didn't get, and I never really uh, bothered to uh, dive into them. Nor the new ones. So no, none of the movies after the first three for you? No, first three. That was it. Nothing else mattered. Yeah. It's going to be rough. It is. I can't wait to hear your list, though, because I know you've... You're going to uh, have to go back and watch them all. You've watched them all. Vader. Just give me oh, Vader. I'm good. Jabba right. Hutt, so, so, he, so here's the thing. When I was growing up, I was a really big Star Wars fan. Okay. So I, I, al I always had a feeling that we would see uh, more than the three movies, even though they said that there wouldn't be more than three. And so we will run through them all. I had all kinds of Star Wars toys. I was a huge Star Wars collector. Okay. And, and I will say this. I tell the story a lot. Now, growing up, the one thing that my parents had a really good awareness of, both my mom and dad, were the collectibles. And like me, they, it was really, I will commend them, because they always had an, an eye for, you know what, maybe these will be worth something someday. They were not the type to throw stuff out. And the reason why is because my dad, when he lived in New York, his mom threw all his stuff out. And because of that, they basically like had a conversation like, you know, what would have happened had we kept those 1952 Mickey Mantles and everything else? Like, it's just, you'll never know. And so many kids, I'm sure, of that age had their stuff thrown out. That being said, the only thing that my parents threw out were my Star Wars toys. It's the only thing that they threw out. And yeah. the reason why, it was an accident. It was an accident. Um, what happened was they used to make this Darth Vader uh, carrying case and it was just his shoulders and his head, and all of the figures would go in it. For and and I gave them the go ahead to get rid of that at, at a young age. I remember I must have been like sixteen. I'm like, yeah, I'm never going to use it, but I didn't think to tell them, hey, open up and take all the figures out. And I think that they ended up throwing away a lot of the figures. Now, the good news is, is a few got salvaged. Not all of them were gone. I ended up saving. Chewbacca, I saved R2-D2. Are you familiar with any of these characters? I remember them very well. Yes, I do. Yep. And, and, uh, and also, I, I saved the Darth Vader for our show today. So I just figured uh, that I'd bring him out on the show. Yeah. And it's so, so funny because I remember that um, I remember that case. I, I had that case. I think anybody who uh, anybody who has collected those uh, then had, uh, and that might be you, in fact, because I'm pretty sure that, that was is the case. True. Yes. My pants. Yes. My pants are pants away, too. No, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Yep. yep. And then it folded up yeah. into a Darth Vader. Right. That was so cool. Yeah. Now, I don't think all of my figures were in there because they would have known. But I'm guessing, let's see, there's one, two, there's five, uh, 13, 20. There's about 40 figures in there. Wow. I probably had 20 thrown away. Wow. I'm going to wow. guess, yeah. A few, a few of them survived, and I had yeah. a few. Whoops, I'm sorry. No, it's all right. I, I'm just shocked that. Um, so you thought it would have been the empty case, and, and you didn't keep the case. Like you just gave him, like ah. I, didn't, in front of that. I did not. I remember the case was real beat up, and I was like, yeah, just go ahead, throw away the case. But keep the figures. So a few survived. Like I have this guy wow. here. Wow, nice. Very I think everybody nice. had one. Yes. yes. Yeah. That was a bad guy, wasn't it? Yeah, he was a bad. He was on the, the bad ship. Yeah. 
Imperial. He's an Imperial uh, trooper of some oh, kind. Yeah, I have, I, I have an R2, I have a Yoda. Okay. I have, I have like probably left over like seven or eight, but I had a lot. You know, I had probably fifty or hundred of them. Wow, that's crazy. I I met you had Boba Fett and uh, you know Obi Wan. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and I now Star Wars was I was too young to go see, of course, in the movies, the original one, A New Hope. But after that one, I saw every single one in the movies the first night it came out. Wow, wow, every, or even the night before, every single one of them. I was a huge Star Wars guy. Now the newer ones, meaning the the ones that just came out over the last few years. I saw probably the day they came out or that even that night of the day. Like, I wasn't, like, super crazy that I had to see it before everybody else. I just wanted to make sure I saw it that day. But when the prequels came out, I definitely went to see those. But anyway, getting to the point. And those made point sense is, to you, though? You were, you were able to follow those? Because it was, it was rough. The, the, well, listen, at the time, you mm -hmm. have to remember, at the time that the prequels came out, we were so desperate to have Star Wars back that most True. people, even though these weren't very good looking back on them now, but at the time it was like, wow, we have a Star Wars movie again. And think about it, at the time that the prequels came out, meaning the, the George Lucas ones back in 2000, 2002, 20 years ago, uh, it was the first time we had like surround sound theaters and studios before getting that and the Blu-rays and people were freaking out about it. So looking back now, the prequels were not very good. All right, so here we go. 11 official Star Wars movies that have been out We'll start off with the worst Star Wars movie that I believe all time, which was the second uh, episode, which was they re-released the movies, the prequels, back in you know, 20 years ago. The first one was called The Phantom Menace. The second one was called Attack of the Clones. And Joe, that second movie, Attack of the Clones, it was two hours of nothing happening. Like, literally nothing. It just was slow. It was boring. And I remember actually coming out of that movie thinking, my gosh, I hope that the next one is good because this is the worst Star Wars movie that I've seen and to this day it still is. Wow. So that was so that's the worst one that you've ever seen there at number eleven. Wow. That's that's the worst one. Now the mm. Phantom Menace is when they decided to do the reboot with the uh, the prequels, uh, twenty years after Return of the Jedi or thirty years after Return of the Jedi, it was the Phantom Menace. Also not a great movie, but better than Attack of the Clones. All right, so after Solo uh, came Revenge of the Sith, which was the third of the three prequels, and, and some people hated this movie. I did not hate it. In fact, from eight all the way down to one, I thought all of the Star Wars movies were entertaining. The only real ones that, and even Solo was like on, you know, the verge of being acceptable uh, but I, I actually liked Revenge of the Sith. This is when Anakin Skywalker eventually becomes uh, Darth Vader. So I, I, you know, for me, Joe, this was a good one, and it really, uh, it, it really ended better than the first two movies did. All right. So episode. I'm trying to. Uh, I'm thinking here. Hold on. As I lost my microphone, but I got it back. The uh, I'm just trying to figure out here with the episode three. So how does it work with the episodes? Help me understand that, because we know the original three. So how do the episodes it's so count? Confusing, it's, it's so confusing. So is you're, you're, I mean, you're very lost here. It's okay. I know. That's what I'm seeing, because I obviously episode two, episode one. So the one, two, and three were obviously the prequels, right? That's correct. Okay. And then came the three that we all know and love in the middle. That would have been 
got, and then after that, everything after that just took place after Return of the Jedi. That's correct. I'll I'm explain. In. So Han Solo yes. took place before he was Han Solo. So it took place. So hypothetically, even though the movie came out a couple of years ago, the era of that was before Star Wars A New Hope or in between A New Hope and gotcha. you know, the fourth and fifth or something gotcha. like that. Makes okay. Sense. I'm in. I'm here now. Okay. Uh, Rise of Skywalker. This was the one that just came out last year. Uh, not my favorite. Not my favorite film. A little disappointing. Thought it was going to be a little bit better, and I, I thought that it ended very well. But they brought back like an old character who passed away, and it just and he was like a shell of himself, and it, it just seemed a little ridiculous. But basically, Joe, I don't I don't want to ruin it for you, but the Emperor comes back in, in this one. He's like, oh. sort of alive, sort of dead. It's like kind of weird. I don't know. I I knew he ran out of stuff. Did you uh, did you notice a sick? Did Lucas do all of these, or was uh, were these no. di- these are all different directors? I'm yeah, guessing. Disney now. bought Disney bought Star Wars, right? And so J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson bought, uh, or not bought, but directed the movies. J.J. Abrams did the first one, right? Uh, of most recent ones, Ryan Johnson the second, and then J.J. Abrams came back and did the third. I'm guessing uh, there's a distinct difference in style when you see these two as well. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Ryan Johnson was was kind of like comedic. There was a lot more really? comedy in that one. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. But we have Joe Pizzapia on. He'll he'll dive in a little. All bit right, perfect. On Very good. Things. All right. All right. So let's cap off the rest of them. I've got the Last Jedi uh, uh, for for this one for my number six episode. Essentially, the Last Jedi was the one that came after the uh, the. Force Awakens. So mm-hmm. basically the order here is that you have Return of the Jedi at 6, The Force Awakens at 7, The Last Jedi at 8, The Rise of Skywalker at 9. So I have them all out of order here, unfortunately, for confusing you. The Last Jedi I have at 6, The Force Awakens at 5. Now, in, in 2016, Joe, they came out with a movie called Rogue One, a okay. Star Wars story. And that was in the middle of the prequels to A New Hope. It was the bridge in between the, the prequel number three okay. and the Star Wars movie that you like so much, that first one. And it, okay. and, it, and it got you right up until there. And I thought that this was one of the best Star Wars movies of all time. It was really, really good. So did so it explain it? Would be one it that I would, recommend. Did it really bridge the, the it was a really it good did. way to You don't have to watch anything else. You can you could watch that as a standalone movie and right. you'll know exactly what's going on. Part like it, it you, you don't have to know anything about Star Wars essentially, and it Love takes that. you right up until, uh, you know, the opening scene of wow. of uh, Star Wars: A New Hope. Yeah, really good. Uh, Return of the Jedi three, A New Hope, Episode four, and then Empire Strikes Back, which some people feel is one of the best movies of all time, is definitely for me the best Star Wars movie of all Absolutely. time. So I guess just I guess to keep it simple, how would you rank the three that you know, Joe? I. I, well, I agree. I think Empire Strikes Back might have been uh, the best out of them. Uh, although, I could not believe how good Return of the Jedi was because usually when you start to get, you know, later on in these uh, these types of movies, and once they get, you know, one is really good, then you're like, all right, two. What are they going to do? And then two came out was over the top with Empire Strikes Back, and then all of a sudden now I'm like, Return of the Jedi is going to suck. It's going to be terrible. And it was anything but. So I think maybe the most impressive one to me was the the Last Jedi and how they were able to build that story 
all throughout there. So it was, um, uh, they were all great, but I think Empire Strikes Back may have hooked, uh, may have hooked everybody that might have been on the edge. I think that's what uh, that's what got people collecting the uh, the little figures there. For sure. Yep. Yeah, and 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 really when it's revealed that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father, right. really set the bar for like how things are done in movies. It kind of like was the ultimate shock yep. uh, in a movie. And then you're right. I mean, that led to these guys here. So where are are yours? Where are yours? I have uh, Stormtroopers, as a matter of fact. I know I've got uh, Stormtroopers. I still have that really cool car that Obi-Wan and Luke Skywalker drove in. Remember that thing? That that hovercraft thing? That was... Yeah. Definitely have that. Yep, I have that, and I I definitely have uh, Luke Skywalker's... uh, That was a big uh, one. His... um, uh, his spacecraft that they, he drove there. What was that thing called? Not the Millennial Falcon. X-wing fighter. Yes, like that's it. right. That's exactly correct. Yep, had one of those too as well. So I was right there with you, man. I was. Um, I had that Darth Vader case, and you know, I had Princess Leia. Didn't know what the hell to do with her at the time, but nobody ever wanted her. But she was all part of it. Everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we got it, and, uh, and Chewie, man. I mean, uh, I know. I grew up with guys whose dog's name was Chewbacca. That was, sure. uh, yeah, they grew up at the time, and it, that was it. And uh, Han Solo was a lot of people's favorite and uh, until he got frozen, and then nobody knew. It was like, oh, my, I, you can't kill off Han Solo. And then, right, uh, of course, yeah. goodness, for Jabba the Hutt. Yes. It was, uh, and, I'll, and I'll tell you, even uh, now, Disney Plus, I think, overall has been a little bit of a disappointment. I but agree. the Mandalorian series, yes. which essentially is a bounty hunter, um, Boba Fett, uh, isn't it? Complete, it's not Boba Fett. Oh, it's not. Oh, it looks like Boba Fett, though. I get where you'd be coming from oh. with that, but it's not. It's just a, a, di- a completely different bounty hunter. Wow. And okay. essentially, the story is just about the bounty hunter going after this Yoda-looking thing for about eight. Episodes. But the show is very good. It's mm-hmm. a very good show. But unfortunately, we don't get a new Mandalorian for like a year. Yeah. You know, how all these work? You get all hyped up about it. And now with the streaming days, it's like as soon as you're done streaming, it's like, yep, that's it. I saw the I, I saw I, the promo and I was like, oh, it's but they're doing something on Boba Fett, but it's uh. They were thinking about doing all those kind of movies, but I guess the Star Wars universe decided that after the results of Solo and the the uh, the movie did did okay at the box office, not well. They're like, wow, maybe we're just overloading people on this stuff, and smartly they stopped. So, hmm. speaking of stopping, we have to stop for this first hour so Joe can take a break and go look at all of the trailers for all of the Star Wars movies we discussed, so we can yes. discuss them on a future episode. Yeah, we'll take a quick time out and when we come back we'll do some nfl futures also joe pizapia will join us on the show Mm. and get his take on star wars right after this don't go away SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 